This Water News with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, it's time for Water News with Steve Baker. And water's coming, Steve. Looks like the first significant rain and snow in some areas event of this new water year. What do you think? Yeah, that's you're right. I mean, we're going to get, uh, I think, a foot of snow up on the uh on the divide. And when they say significant, that's sort of a relative term. <laughs> the, this rain event may bring about an inch of rain to us uh, this week during, during the week. So it's a two-day event. Tomorrow, we're going to see most of it. It's supposed to be something like 0.85 inches. And then trailing after that on Wednesday will be just a little bit more, probably tipping us over the inch mark. So it doesn't sound like uh, enough water to rehydrate all the parched soils, and the thirsty vegetation, but we certainly are very happy. I sure am to see it. And, well, of course, more rain is a good thing, even if it's a small amount. I wonder if a generous amount of rain this water year will dissolve some of our water problems. Well, Paul, you know, we're in such a significant deficit right now that I don't expect our water issues to disappear, unfortunately. The federal officials uh, are still seeking better agreements to reduce the water demand. This is an example on the Colorado River. They need to reduce water demand on the Colorado River by 15 to 25 percent. This is region wide, not any specific place. And uh, this they've been asking the all the users of the Colorado River to do this, and they have not achieved that goal. So. This is their, uh, the federal um, officials are making a last-ditch effort to ask everybody to please come up with a way of doing that locally. Work it out. Come up with it. Uh, So uh, if they do not, there will be more draconian measures, unfortunately. And no matter what, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the various groups. Everybody's going to feel it. Now, this is important for us uh, living up here in the foothills to have our radar on this thing. That's happening in California because the shortage in the Colorado River creates shortages in Southern California. They receive 20% of their water from the Colorado River. And that puts greater demand on water being diverted from Northern California through the Delta, which includes many of, you know it, our rivers and our creeks up here. So it does eventually hit home. So pay attention to what's happening in the Colorado River. Okay, well, let's... (laughs) That's a big one. But here's another topic, the cannabis industry. It seems like there's been developing pushback onto that industry. Tell us about it. Yeah, there has been. But the cannabis industry is trying to ground truth some of the misleading data. And there is misleading data. Its carbon footprint uh, is one of them and, you know, how how they use their resources, uh, both of those things. And you have players, good and bad, of course, like any other industry. Here's an interesting result from a study that was done in Humboldt County. They calculated that they calculated that that the cannabis industry uses 884 acre feet of water. Now, one acre with one foot of water on it is one acre foot. So they use 884 acre feet of water, and that is about 33 times less than one large almond farm in Central Valley. That puts it in perspective. But let's frame it another way, okay? The U.S. Agriculture of Natural Resources, they published the document back in 2019 that shows that cannabis uses about twice as much water per acre as one would growing corn or soybeans or wheat or or wine grapes. So it's certainly uh, 
you know, it uses a little more water than these conventional crops, but it uses significantly less water than things like almonds. So keeping that in mind and then realizing that, you know, there are many cannabis growers that do it indoors. And there's a great benefit when you're doing it indoors. You can be much more efficient. And that does play out a lot of times depending on the, the cannabis grower. So there are those benefits by uh, accomplished by the style of farming that they do. Now, groundwater uh, cannabis users, they are not under any significant regulations, right? But you need to be aware if you're a cannabis grower, that if the groundwater aquifer is hydraulically connected to surface water, then there are regulations that become important. And if you overuse your groundwater and your area of influence it starts impacting others around you, you're going to be met with lawsuits and other things. So it's not, uh, you know, you still have to be careful. But when the cannabis growers demonstrate, and I think they are now in some parts, when they demonstrate their good practices in front of the community, a lot of these misleading views, they're just going to go away. Yeah. Well, but the almonds, they're the bad one, right? They're the bad boys of the... Uh... Well, they use a lot of water, <laughs> but, you know, almonds have a, their purpose too. Yeah. We have to do things in balance. Okay, Steve. <laughs> okay. Well, one more question. Farming, ranching, and dairy are always getting hit with water issues. Um, how are they doing? Well, let's talk about dairy. California produces more milk and cheese than anywhere else. Okay, we're even, we're even higher than Wisconsin. Wisconsin's number two. We're number one. Now, let me ask you this, Paul. Uh, what do you think the water footprint is of an eight-ounce glass of milk? How much water does it take? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it takes 50 gallons of water to produce one eight gallon or eight ounce glass of milk. Now, four ounces of cheese, it takes 119 gallons of water. All right, so when we talk about our own personal footprint, look look at what's at the dinner table and 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 uh, see how that plays out. So, you know, dairy ranching, farming, it all uses substantially more water than we really think. It's just not the water in the product itself in the food itself, but it's the water used to create that and all the impacts caused by losses of water and so forth. Uh, the U.S. water consumption in the West is, um, boy, uh, probably 32% of that water in the West is used for irrigating feed crops for cattle, for meat, producing meat, for producing all these things, for dairy, uh, ranching, and, and um and farming. Alfalfa is the big one. And these food products are in the future probably going to become less available because of the water. So uh, the, maybe the more broadly produced uh, uh, foods across the country will occur. But really, at the, at the end of the day, the water or the lack of it is the reason why we may see less of these things in the future. Okay. A lot of information, Steve. You, you always have, I, I just feel. Real happy that KVMR, uh, that you're sharing this information with listeners because you don't necessarily just see these things being presented much to the public. Well, you know, one thing to say about it is uh, when you know these things, you can accommodate by learning how to bob and weave and, and deal with it. So we'll be at the end of the day, we're all going to be fine. But these things are going to be happening, and they are happening in some places right now. Thank you, Steve. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation 
with our water guy, Steve Baker, on KVMR. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.